Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. You know, as the world gets darker, the church gets brighter. Yeah, the people, because you are the church, it's not the building. It's the people of God carry more light, more faith, and are growing up and maturing with more fire as the world gets darker. And that's been prophesied, and that's a reality, and that's what we're called to live out. Amen? So I just want to touch on a couple of things uh, today that are on my heart, especially for you guys. Uh, really simple word that we're going to look at. Let's go to Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4. And I was thinking, like, what do I want to share? I know that you've been talking about praise and worship, and you've been talking about how, how we lift up our praise to God and, and everything that's powerful uh, to do with that. So he said, God, what do you want me to really kind of sh- share as we're leading up to legacy offering, as that we're preparing and growing? Um, and this is what I feel. So Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4 says, Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Say who. Who, who may stand in his holy presence? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. Did you catch that? That's powerful. You know, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. And I can honestly say this to you. I'm sure that most of you would agree. It's impossible for me to be clean and pure without the blood of Jesus Christ. Some of you, if you're new to church, he's talking about blood. What's he talking about? Yep. I'm talking about the blood of Christ. See, whether, wherever there needs to be redemption and purification throughout history, there always is blood involved. And the blood of Christ was shed spiritually, literally, physically to cut us off from our past nature of sin. Are you with me today? Okay, so I can't make myself clean. I can't. I can try. I can get to a certain place and have a positive attitude. I can get to a certain place and, and have a good um, character and, and be humble and w- good work ethic and work hard. But I really, at the end of the day, cannot purify my heart, the core of who I am, on my own. Are you with me? If you're trying, keep going. You'll be trying for a long time. What we need is help from an eternal, sovereign God who cleanses us by his word by the power of the cross, and by His Holy Spirit. Like the agents of, of cleaning, like you have a shower, the agents of heaven is the blood of Jesus, His Word, the prophetic Word of your life, the living words, breath of God, presence of God, and the person of Jesus. So I wanted to share this because it has a context for me and for all of us today. This is a cry of a young man. About 15 years of age, maybe 14 years of age, he's a shepherd boy. You know him from David. Yeah, David of the Bible. Anyone heard the story of David? Most of you have. If you haven't, it's okay. Just David is a great figure from the Bible that we need to know about. And so he's a shepherd boy. He's got his sheep that he's leading and they're following him. He's up in the hills, beautiful pastures. He's playing his harp. Like I said, for me, it's an electric guitar through a Marshall amp cranked up to 11. And he's enjoying this atmosphere of playing his guitar and and worshiping God and, and watching over the sheep. And he's crying out with a passion you see, the Bible says about David that he was a man and a young man after God's heart. He was a young man like every other man. There were girls. <laughs> there was sports. There was activities. There was distractions like there is today for any other young man. But the Bible says that he had a passion. He said, I want to know God. I want the presence of God in my life. And I'm after God's heart. And so we can read his cry right now. 
He's saying, God, how can I ascend to the hill of the Lord? And the hill of the Lord is very important because it represents a high place. Yeah, say with me, high place. And that high place, you know, I used to love to climb Mount Coolum. I did it with my wife probably about nine, ten years ago when we were visiting the coast and loved it. And I love to get up there because when you're on the top of a mountain, you have fresh air, right? And you have perspective, 360 degree perspective, you can see more. So it speaks of a faith. It speaks of perspective. The mountain of the Lord, the high place, also speaks to intimacy and relationship. I'd go up there, Mount Coulomb, every couple of weeks with my friends, and I'd find a rock, and I'd just sit there for an hour or two and just think and meditate and, like, talk to God and pray, you know? So a mountaintop speaks of relationship and expression and freedom and perspective and faith. So he's saying, I want to be with you, God. I want to be in that place of perspective, of faith, of intimacy, close to you, in relationship with you, speaking and hearing from you, okay? This is his cry. Can anyone identify with that today? Okay, so we're going to fast forward now a little bit. Come with me to Psalm 51, verse 10 to 11. This is the same David, but now he's not a teenager. Now he's not... uh, a shepherd boy. In fact, he's gone through the whole process. If you've heard the story about David and Goliath, before that, David and the lion, David and the bear, he defeats these challenges. He finally uh, rises up even against his brothers to defeat Goliath, this giant, this warrior, and he becomes a hero. He becomes a warrior. He starts to lead the army, and now he, in fact, becomes king of Israel. Everyone say king. king. So David now is king. With all this success, you need to understand that the people saw him as their hero. The women and children would sing songs about him. Oh, great David, our hero, our king that rules our nation. The men looked up to him and would chant, like David, our warrior, the one who killed Goliath. David, our, like they, they respected him, they honored him. He was also a songwriter. He was an artist. He was a musician. And he was king, right? So this amazing man of God that was prophesied throughout history that came and did amazing things for his generation now is crying out here. Listen to this, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. We see a cry from a king. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. We're singing this morning, Holy Spirit, now consume my life. Holy fire, burn in my heart and my soul. He's crying out something like that, like, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I need you in my life. But now from a very different position, not only was he king, but if you know the story of David, you know that he passed through difficulties, right? He went from being king to becoming a little bit relaxed, the Bible shows and teaches that he, he fell into laziness, yeah, or apathy, or lethargy. He became undisciplined. He didn't go to battle anymore. He didn't fight with and alongside his countrymen anymore. So he became lazy and he, he rejected his position, what God called him to do first. And he stepped back and before you know it, his thoughts and minds are wandering all over the place and his eyes are wandering all over the place. He sees a woman. He goes with her. He commits adultery. And next thing before you know it, he's covering up that sin of adultery and whatever else happened by murdering her husband. So now he's lazy, undisciplined, liar, cheater, adulterer, murderer. 
could you agree that that's pretty low? <laughs> yeah? That's pretty low. And like, I'm sure he was thinking like, you know, I didn't plan this. I was the shepherd boy on the hill saying, God, give me a clean heart. God, don't take me from your presence. God, I want to be on the mountaintop. Now he's in the valley. And he's a murderer. Now this is his cry. Let's read it again from that perspective. Hear the cry of a king who's now a murderer. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit in me. That word renew is important because renew, restore, reinitiate are all linked to that reword, which means go backwards. Rewind means to go backwards. Are you with me? So when you say re, it means going back to something. And he's saying, renew. Take me back to the new of what you did in my life. Again, God, would you restore, renew me and take me back to my original purpose and intention with you. Again, would you do it, God? He's a murderer. He's an adulterer. Do not cast me, verse 11, away from your presence because I feel so far right now. But don't cast me away. Please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Come down a little further. Psalm 51, verse 17. Listen to this prayer, this cry, this song. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. This is David crying out. He's talking to God. Listen. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. He's reminding God of something. A broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Did you catch that? He's talking to God from a broken place in his valley, saying, God, I'm a murderer. I'm an adultery. I'm a liar. I'm a cheat. Stealing from my people. I'm not leading. God created me again, a clean heart. Renew me. And now he's reminding God of something. He's saying, God, I want to remind you I know who you are. I know that you cannot despise, you cannot reject my prayer of forgiveness, my prayer of repentance. Are you with me today? You cannot reject, you will never despise my broken heart. And he's being open before God, saying, God, I'm broken, I've messed it, I've stuffed it up, but I know something about you, you are faithful I know I'm so far from what you intended for me but you are faithful God forgive me restore me take me back to your original intention that I once walked in maybe today you've never walked in that original intention of God today can be your day maybe today you feel or you sense or you are far from that purpose of God maybe you're not a murderer but you know that even if you are, God forgives you. God can and wants to forgive you and restore you internally. People may not, but he will. Are you with me today? God can forgive and restore and wipe away. See, he's the God of the first chance, the second chance, the slim chance, and the fat chance. He's the God of restoration. He's a God who renews, who restores, who sets us on fire again. And King David is crying out. And really what is he saying here? And I, as I was thinking about this, it comes down to two words. Two words. Well, three words actually. Three words. Three words that have changed my life. And three words that I can say, I'm not perfect, but have been a key to me maintaining 
many areas of my life. And it's these three words. Are you ready for the key today? Are you ready? Okay. We're going to finish in a minute. Hunger and thirst. That's it. David had a passion. He knew, God, I've messed it up, but I'm coming back to you. He had a hunger and thirst for God. Jesus said in Matthew, we're going to read it quickly, Matthew 5, verse 6, Blessed are those, or assured, or in abundance, or satisfied are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled, they shall be satisfied. Say it with me, blessed, satisfied. That's it. Are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's a promise. They shall be blessed. They shall be filled. They shall be satisfied. And you see, what does righteousness mean? What does it mean to have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness? It's really simple. It's your right standing, your correct position with God. That's it. We can go deep on that and preach a month about it. Right, Pastor Ed? But the reality is that it's quite simple. It's your position with God. Are you in right standing, righteousness with God? And you can't do this on your own. Let me give you an example, quick one. My wife, Mary, we live in Medellin, Colombia. If you've seen the show Narcos, I'm not recommending it. Um, in, that's where it was filmed, in our city. Pablo Escobar is from there. His niece is a friend of ours. His nephew and the fam- parts of the family are in the church that we are a part of there. So we know the whole story, don't worry. And, um, but we're still alive, and it's an amazing city. Of, it's a city of restoration, let me just say that. And, and we believe in the future of that city. A beautiful place. Come visit us. But the point is this. Where was I going with that? I was going to start talking about Colombia. Yeah, thanks, sweetheart. Uh, my wife Mary and I... Uh, live there in Medellin, Colombia, and they recently opened uh, a very important place called Krispy Kreme. Anyone heard about it? Yeah? I don't know if you have it. Is it here on the coast, actually? It's not. Praise God, then. Well, 7-Eleven? Okay. So they opened this place, Krispy, Krispy Kreme, you know, fresh donuts. People are lining up around the block to get into these fresh donuts cooked every morning, and Mary just loves them. She's like, wow, finally, it's come to Colombia. So I'm at the office studio, and she calls me up, baby, you know, in Spanish, mi amor, como estasito, que, que bueno, que tal todo, okay? And, and she says, um, could you bring some donuts back for me, you know, on the way home? Of course, my love, you know, I'm, I'm your man, I gotcha, let's get those Krispy Kremes, all right, yeah, I can do that. So I arrive home, great day, sweetheart, how was your day? Awesome, yeah, big day, but just happy to be home, and she looks at me. In Colombia, everything is with the lips. You don't need to speak. You just need to use your lips. I can't do it. Don't ask me to do it, but just, you just talk to her later. Everything's just... So she looks at me. Immediately, I know what she's saying. She's saying, where are the Krispy Kremes? Oh, my God. I forgot. I, let, I just, it just totally slipped my mind. Okay, let me ask you a question. Women in the house... Right in that moment, in that second, in that instance, am I, am I in right standing with my wife? <laughs> Man, let me ask you, in that moment, are you in right standing with your wife? No. <laughs> you see, it's the little things, right? It's the details. It's the details. So I'm not in right standing with my wife. What do I do? Oh, you'll get over it. Don't worry. Let's just let's, let's, let's have dinner. No. 
baby, I'm so sorry. I'm going out right now. I'll be back. 10 minutes, 15 minutes. See you soon. Restoration. Restoration. (laughs) Renewing. Restoration. You know what I'm talking about? So I want to leave you guys with this in a moment. I want to ask our keyboard player to come back up, the band if you want. Right standing with God, you can't do it on your own. It's already done for you. You can't make it happen. But you can choose to live with a hunger and a thirst, a passion for God, and seek after this right position with God. Or you can just do what I could have done. Say, you know what, no, let's just go and have dinner and, and don't worry about it. You know what I mean? How many of you guys know there wouldn't have been any kisses that night, right? Come on, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about relationship. With God, it's the same. He's not an angry father going, hey, you didn't do this for me. You did that wrong. He's not like that. He's going to love you. He's going to, he's fine. He doesn't need the donuts. Are you with me? But it's right standing. It's relationship. It's in the details. There's a, there's a thing that I just want to mention real quick as we wrap up here. And that's that. God gave me this. So, Nathan, it's all about air. You and me, it's all about air. Like, what, God? It's all about air. What do you mean? Breathing air? It's not about air. Active, intimate relationship. Let me use the analogy again with my wife. If I work all week, she calls me, I ignore her. She texts me, I don't respond. And I... I get to the weekend and I want to hang out and have fun and have quality time. Do you think it's going to go well for me? No. Because to make a marriage work, it needs activity. She's the only person on this earth that can call me at any moment or message me at any moment. Unless we've agreed previously, I will respond straight away and drop what I'm doing. And it needs to be the same with God. Active, active, active. He doesn't want religion. He wants an active that right now, in the middle of your work, in the middle of driving to work, he can just call you up. Bring, bring. Answer, Pastor Ed. Bring, bring. Hey, it's, uh, it's God here. <laughs> Suddenly he's British. I don't know how they're having. God wants to call you up and chat with you. He's not an angry dad. He wants to call up and say, G'day, son. I just want to just put the seed in you. Maybe today you should not talk like that. I'm not talking about that. What about you set your mind on this? I've got to, you know, God wants to relate and have an active. His Holy Spirit wants to flood your life. The most powerful times I've had with God personally have not been in a prayer meeting, although there have been many in a prayer meeting. The most powerful significant times have been when I've just been driving and praying and suddenly the Holy Spirit just floods the car, man. He's an active God. Or been in the shower and I start singing and a worship song comes out that blesses nations. You know what I'm saying? He wants to have an active relationship with you. But also a marriage, and we have this relationship with God, and marriage is an example on earth of what our relationship as a church should be with God, right? He also wants an intimate relationship. If there was no intimacy, there'd be no kids, no fruit. Are you with me? He wants an active and intimate relationship with you. Intimacy means time, focus, attention. It doesn't mean just, hey, love, hey, don't, no, bye, bye. No, I need to look in her eyes, admire her, enjoy her. I love you. Are you with me? Active, intimate relationship. They're two different things, but both are important. That's your heir for life, spiritually. That's your heir. Let's stand to our feet. 
I'm talking today to people who have or need to have or need to stir up a hunger and a thirst for God. I want to leave you with this. Jesus said this. Look, look, look at this picture as you stand. John 7 verse 37 to 38 says, Jesus on the last day of that great feast stood up and he cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Did you catch that? I want to give you the context in 30 seconds. The Jewish culture in Jerusalem where he was at that time was to have this crazy three-day party, right? They're on the third day, the last day of this party, when they once a year pull out the best wine, the best food. They prepare for months for this amazing party that they're going to have. On the third day, Jesus stands up, and I like to see it like he stands up on the table in the middle of the banquet hall on the last day of the feast. And he cries out, says, with a loud voice, and he says, listen up. <laughs> I've been watching you all for three days have the best wine and the best food, the best of everything, but you're still not satisfied. So I give you the real answer in your soul and your spirit and your heart at the core of who you are. If you come to me, you partake of me and what I have for you, you'll never thirst again. But not only that, out of you and out of your core will flow a trickle, no, rivers of living water. See, there's a river flowing through me right now. You can't see it, but it's flowing. It's a river of life. It's the river of God. It's not mine. It's from Him. But I believe it. And there's a river flowing out of you right now too, in Jesus' name. But you have to have a hunger and a thirst. He says, believe, hunger, thirst, passion, passion. There's two things important about hunger and thirst. One, hungry people eat. We're going to go and have lunch later, right, Pastor Ed? Hungry people eat. You got it? Two, second principle of hunger. Whatever you're eating, you want more of it. I went and saw a personal trainer recently and been working it, doing it, growing it, okay? After a couple of weeks with him, he said to me, I'm not going to work with you anymore. I was like, what? I'm sweating my guts out, man. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm doing it. I'm pushing it. I'm doing it. He says, I know as soon as we finish this session, you're going to go and have a burger from somewhere. <laughs> he says, so it's a waste of my time and you're wasting yours too. He said, because you can work so hard at everything, but unless you change your hunger, unless you change what you're putting in, it doesn't. So you've got to start to change that. Now I love salads and fruits and my wife's helping me. We're doing, we're getting there, okay? So to do it, you've got to change what you're hungry for. Now I'm not hungry for burgers and fries and McDonald's all the time. Now I'm hungry for salads and grains and seeds and fruits and good proteins and greens and smoothies and, well, all kinds of amazing stuff. I'm getting hungry now. Are you with me? I'm hungry for those things because I've changed my hunger. So there's some people here today, you need to do one thing. Stop eating certain things with your mind, with your ears, with your eyes, with your soul, the conversations that you're partaking in, just stop it. That magazine that you feel you've got to know the life and the sex life of that person, you've got to read the gossip, what's happening, just stop it for a minute. I'm not saying you can never do that. I'm just saying just stop it. 
You know, there's definitely certain things that you know, I don't even need to name them, that are not good for your eyes, that are not good for your soul, are not good for your body, are not good for you to partake of. Just stop it. How? Put something else in. We know that this is, come on, stay with me. This is the bread of life. Jesus said, you will live out of this, that I am your daily bread. He himself is not a book. It's living words from heaven. That's your food. That's your food. That's your food. That's your drink. The air of heaven, his air, his presence is what we need to breathe. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.